Welcome back to another episode of Inside Voices, a teacher podcast made by teachers for teachers. I'm your host, David. And I'm Laura. And remember, in here, we use our inside voices. Welcome back to this week's episode. This week, we're going to be talking about technology and education. This was the first ever subject we ever spoke about on this podcast. And we thought we'd revisit it because we just had a trip down south. We'll get to that in a minute. But we just had a trip down south that was all to do with education, technology. And to be honest, we're feeling quite inspired. So we want to share some of our learning and we want to discuss it. Don't we, Laura? And quite tired, I might add. Yeah, Quite inspired. Inspired and tired. Put that on a t-shirt. Why didn't we name the podcast that? (laughs) That would have been a great name for that. Anyway, I I digress. Write that down for our future merch store. Please. I'm copywriting that. Yeah, (laughs) If anyone's listening to that, this, I can, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's our website. I can absolutely guarantee someone's going to get to it before we do. To be honest, though, it was a good time, wasn't it? It was. Um, We went down, I'm kind of jumping ahead here. I know we've got stuff to speak about, but we went down for three days to London and we spent it at the BET conference. And to be honest our minds were blown and there was so much technology on show that we've never seen before. It was just quite awe-inspiring, wasn't it? I know that's it was. pretty cheesy. But, no, it was, it was. Um, and we're going to share some of that towards the end of this episode. So if you keep on listening um, and tune in for the whole episode, you'll get some tips and tricks that we picked up at the conference uh, towards the end. But cycling back a little bit, or yeah, backpedaling a little bit, <laughs> circling back. Uh, we want yes. to talk about technology generally to begin with the role it plays in the classroom in 2024, what would you describe the role? Compared to like 20 years ago, what is the role technology plays nowadays in a modern classroom? I think it's something that's definitely integrated into pretty much everything you do. I mean, I think about my day from the beginning to end. Even take your smart boards, for example. Love my smart board. If my smart board didn't work for a day, I'd actually be lost, genuinely, because it makes things from demonstrations so much easier you've got a dice on the board you can use that you know all of those things that are probably deemed relatively straightforward in terms of ed tech but are she oh is speaking about like a four thousand pound piece of equipment and she mentions a dice are you kidding i I mean like an interactive one and i also (laughs) sorry for the the bang if you heard that my phone but i think it's something now that if you even just think of your basic things you do, right? Ordering lunches. Yeah. Do you remember when we were at school, you used to have to sit and say what you like wanted for lunch. It would take so long. You sit there and be like, hot lunch, cold lunch, sandwich. Like, mm-hmm. It took so long. And then now they come in and they order it on the smart board. And I don't even need to like know what the lunch options are yep. until someone says to me, I don't like any of them. And I'm like, well... Tough cheese. <laughs> your gal's not a chef, so yeah. I can't do much about that. But... <laughs> Even little things like that. It just makes life... You don't have to send a register downstairs. You know, that sounds so silly to be saying it's a big piece of technology. But when you think of all the basic things you do in your classroom that just run so much more smoothly because of ed tech, and it's probably something relatively basic, but we're used to using every single day. And that's not even going into the the fancy-dancy stuff that we're going to talk about later. Yeah, I mean, when I was in primary school, we had one smart board in the whole school. In primary seven, they got brought in, but it was like the ones with the big arm and the projector. And I remember them. They were kind of brutal. And you used to have to calibrate them. I remember that. I loved getting to calibrate the board. (laughs) Of course It was like that. You know those games that they play on the game shows and they have to press the buzzers Uh when it lights up? I felt like I was in that game. 
I don't okay. think that was invented at that That's point. That's quite sad. But. Um, but the one smart board we had, I think, was actually made by smart board. I don't think it was a Promethean board. I think it was a smart board. And it had four pens in the front and you could wheel it about the place. But I think you had to still project onto it. So I remember yep. that. And I remember thinking this was the coolest thing ever, but it was always broken. So <laughs> there's always big steps that we take to get to where we are now. So if you'd said to someone 20 years ago, oh, by the way, instead of a blackboard, you're going to have a massive TV that's touch like, screen attached to your wall. That's touch screen. That is really quite touch sensitive. Like it, like if a fly lands oh, on it. Oh, there's it nothing more annoying than a fly landing on <laughs> it and know. it deleting everything. But imagine hair. you went back 20 years and told someone that they, they, they would laugh you out of the room because a TV to them is something that you wheel in to the room. You know, and yeah. you, you on a Friday you wheel the TV in, or if you've got a science video to show, you wheel the TV in. It's completely different. The, the landscape's Video-in. completely changed in the last 20 years. And I like what you said there about it being integrated. And I suppose you could say that technology in the classroom is integrated and not isolated anymore. Yeah, I mean, you still have your isolated lessons. Like I think when, you know, when you're teaching digital literacy, for example, you know, you'd still need to teach, here's how you log in, here's how you type, maybe not so much up the school, but down the school, I still need to teach this is how we log in. This is what a password is. This is what a username is. So your digital literacy. So yeah. that stuff is isolated, I suppose. But yeah, it's integrated into everything you do. I mean, you even think about your your stations. Like I think about my math stations or my guided reading stations. I always have a technology-based one, which is usually yeah. games-based learning. That takes a group of 10, 12, 8, whatever the number is, children. And they're learning independently. It's tailored to them. You couldn't have possibly done that. No. 15 years ago before iPads and technology really was a thing because it wouldn't have even been possible. You wouldn't have potentially had enough devices. The resources weren't out there. Whereas now you can literally log on to some dog and play a times table game, which is hashtag not sponsored, which is (laughs) giving them questions on the the times tables they're struggling with. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not having to sit down and say, right, recite me your four times table. Oh, you're a bit ropey with that. I'll give you extra questions on that does it for me yeah and the data that's interesting what you said the data that you get from some of these yeah is kind of unparalleled oh i just said kind of do you know what i've noticed right in the last listening to these episodes i don't listen to them through full like but yeah, what i've noticed forward. what i've noticed is i say kind of all the time so and i say like all the time in this episode i'm going to vow never to say kind of again I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it or not. Your last two seconds. I, oh, I know, it's so hard. Do you think, kind of circling back to our You just topic, said it again. Did I? <laughs> I need to stop wheezing. I don't know why I'm wheezing today. Like, I know, actually, and like, I cackle. Sound like a goose. Honestly, we're filming this and we are delirious, <laughs> to be honest, because we've come back from London from like a high and we're back in school today and it was like, Oh, you know, just tired, so tired. Anyway, what was I saying? Um, Yeah, we're back on circling back to tech. The second biggest way I think that it's changed in our teaching careers, maybe, is the emphasis of tech and inclusion and how it can allow children to access learning in a way that it hasn't before. We learned a lot about this down in London. We we listened to a couple of talks and things. Uh, Have you noticed that as well that in your class you've noticed that oh actually inclusion's been aided here by technology yeah definitely there's things that you can like chromebook extensions you can add on that are just Mm. going to make 
life a lot easier for people who find it or children who find it overwhelming to read for example your classic lesson of you know go on news round we're going to read the article and we're going to take notes there's a chromebook extension there's actually multiple chromebook extensions that do this so text help is one read write is another one where you can kind of simplify the website down or you can put an overlay over it and simplifying the website i don't mean you simplify the text it just pulls out all of you know the ads and the bright colors and the distractions and it can put it into a different text format for your learners even i think even safari has that on it and the ipads you just do reader view yep and it'll take away all of that and you can put overlays on and things like that that just make learning a lot more accessible and then you've also got things that are integrated into microsoft has amazing integrations and was on a live as well we were speaking about this um so someone had asked about a student who was al and didn't speak any English, spoke very little English mm-hmm. and they wanted them to be able to access the class novel. So I suggested, it's a wee bit long-winded, but if you want to sit and type out the chapter, you can sit and type it out. But Office Lens, you can scan a page of a book and it'll put it into a Word document for you. Yep. And then from there, you can go into Immersive Reader on Word. So I think it's in the View tab at the top. View tab, Immersive Reader, and that will... Firstly, put it into like a larger size font and it'll space it a bit better. Yeah, it does. Put a background on it of whatever colour you want. It also has a picture dictionary, which is really good. So if your students are learning what a word means, they hover over it and it kind of gives you, like, you know, the social story pictures? Mm-hmm. The, it shows them what the word means via a picture. Really? You can also toggle on parts of speech. So nouns, verbs, adjectives, different yep. colours, which is really good for everybody. But if your learner is EAL, you can then translate that into literally there's hundreds of languages Microsoft yep. translate into it and it's actually really accurate I find that sometimes these from her things knowledge of, <laughs> of all those different languages five different languages she's I just fluent mean in like, Spanish and French I just said like I just mean as well if we were speaking into it and using the dictation it actually picks up Scottish accents really well which right. is very rare if you have seen that, that sketch 11 right <laughs> that 11. is what I feel like every time I use a dictation feature uh-huh. but microsoft one is really good but anyway you can go on and translate it into any language mm-hmm. the child can then read it you can also put the questions in their language they can respond in their language they can type out in their language or speak and have it text to speech and then you can just translate it back instantly yeah it's quite outstanding actually what it's, can be done yeah and that's built into all microsoft things so if you're using teams they can still read the homework description in Immersive mm-hmm. Reader and have it translated for them. If they are doing anything on like on a Microsoft program, a PowerPoint, you can put a PowerPoint on and you can put subtitles over it, yep. which as you speak in English, it will translate it to that child's language. That's frightening, isn't it? And it's it's really quick. And I used it a couple of years ago with one of my students and they said it was really mm-hmm. accurate. They, they spoke a little bit more English so they could actually yeah. discuss it. But, you know... Those kind of things are just integrated in there. Yeah. But this is one of the great things about being down at that show. So there are so many things that we use that we just sat there and thought, I had no idea the capability of yeah, these. Yeah, opened up a lot of doors, didn't it? These things, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we went to see, which links to this, was when, and there was a girl from Love Island, what's her name again? Tasha. Tasha Guri. Tasha, yeah. Um, And she was giving a talk on she's deaf uh-huh. so she was giving a talk on she wears a, a cochlear implant yeah and she's a she's a deaf kids ambassador I think I think she was even before someone said she was that before she went on yep. Love Islands as, as well but she was speaking about her experience of primary school being really inclusive mm-hmm. like for she gave us such a nice example that her head teacher 
realised oh, that this, yeah. well, didn't, everyone was like crying in the room. Her head teacher realised that she was struggling. She couldn't hear, like people were putting her up the back of the class, that kind of thing. Yep. And then she got, they, he went out and found like a support assistant. Mm-hmm. And that support assistant learned British Sign Language and then taught pretty much the whole school British yep. Sign Language. And they started using it with her. I was just like, that is absolutely yeah. adorable. And it was a really nurtured an environment, but then when she went to high school, it was so like... It was different. Yeah, it yeah. was like, forget it. Like things like teachers turning their back to write on the board, which yeah. I get in high school because there's so much content on the board. Yeah. I suppose primary school lends itself a little bit differently because we don't tend to have... Because, for example, the group you know, things. if you're working in primary two, they can't read off the board yeah. independently. Some of them, actually, you get that in all, pre- all stages, but... Yeah don't turn your back, for example, to write on the board and keep talking because she then couldn't hear the instruction delivery. Um, But things that we have now that could be integrated, like the subtitles. She also made a really good point, which actually I never thought about this as a teacher, but if you've got any children who struggle with their hearing, if they're maybe wearing hearing aids or cochlear implants, if you're watching a YouTube video or a news round or any sort of video, put the subtitles on. Like that sounds so silly to do. Yeah. But even with your EEL learners, that's going to help with, obviously you can put them in any language, but if they yeah. can read it in their language and hear it in English, that obviously would help them. But of course, if any of your children have got um, difficulties with their heeding or challenges there, having those subtitles is just going to, because they can't always lip read and, yep. you know, it's difficult when you're listening to something, especially if there's background noise or if they're speaking really fast. So have the subtitles on. It's not something I thought mm-hmm. thought about really. And it's just one of those things you were sitting there going, you know, that actually makes yeah. so much sense. It's such a small change, but it makes it far more inclusive. And I think the, the point to make here is that a lot of the technologies that we have integrated into things that we're already using Microsoft Teams you've mentioned Word YouTube all these things are at our fingertips and are free and just slight adjustments with them can be really inclusive and make learning so much more accessible for um, a lot of the learners in our classes If you've been enjoying listening to the podcast please leave a five star positive review wherever you listen Obviously, with talking about inclusion and when we were listening to Tasha's experience of school, something that's really great about technology and integrating it into things is so many companies and brands have all of these resources that are out there now that are free and accessible and just represent your classroom that little bit better. So, for example, Kids Bop have a ton on their website that's also supported with BSL. So they're, you know, popular songs, dance songs, things like that, that are then Um, have BSL interpretations with it as well. Obviously, we've spoken about integrating BSL into our school as a third language, which is great. But I think demonstrating that to children also lets them see how others are interpreting the world. And that even if you've not got someone in your class or your school who's using BSL, demonstrating that to the children and showing the children that is a fantastic way to just show them how even though you're living in this classroom bubble, the world is such a large place with loads of diverse people who you can support and you can understand what's going on there if you're if you're listening to the BSL. So so that's on Kids Bop, Kids Bop's website. They've got a ton of stuff, to be honest. They've got loads of things that are in, 
you know, free resources on there that you can go and have a look at, worksheets, dance alongs, sing alongs, all of those things, songs in different languages that you can go and listen to that are very much available to you that you can go on and have a little go of just to promote that inclusion. We were speaking to a lot of teachers down in England now, the majority of our um audiences from England and our experience of this is a little bit different so in Scotland we have something called inclusion which a lot of people have but it's it's a kind of I said kind of uh, it's a policy that all children are included in mainstream schools well the majority of children are included in mainstream schools whereas in England there's more of a kind of range bases of, and things. Yeah, there's more of a range of opportunities and options for children to go to with different needs and things. And so when we speak about inclusion, we were speaking to these teachers about it in a way that was slightly different. Yeah. Because I think they were that- like maybe didn't have as many children with as many needs in front of them because they weren't teaching yeah. in that kind of school or, or whatever. So that was interesting. So what I would say is to to people that are England in England or, you know, if they're not dealing with that on a day-to-day basis, just to keep it in mind that t- t- technology involved mm-hmm. in inclusion is not some big fancy stuff that you need to go out and yeah. buy. I think you also, though, when you're thinking about technology-based inclusion and things you can do, sometimes the, not backlash, but the kind of argument for that is if a child is doing writing, they should be pen to paper writing Mm. right you always get this when we post a video about it we always get what's wrong with a good old pen and paper and I'm like well what's wrong with a good old pen and paper is the anxiety you've created by forcing children to sit with a pen and paper who don't see words on the page the same way as you or I do and whilst you can't put yourself in their position and picture it the way that they can you have to be a bit empathetic towards Mm. that and if you're focused on like we've been focusing on expanding sentences right we've got on all the way through how to write a basic sentence you know what is it it's Mm -hmm. subject verb full stop right all the way from that now we're adding that detail in so to me you being able to sit and handwrite it if you handwrite it i have to scribe it right and you're not learning anything if i write on the board even if we make it up together we do that sometimes and i'll encourage them on their own but if you just scribe from me you're not, all you're learning to do is form the letters. You're not learning the spelling pattern. You're mm-hmm. not necessarily learning how to expand that sentence. Whereas if I can give you, now I don't say I give a Chromebook out every single time they do writing, but if I can give you a Chromebook out and you can get a little bit of independence because let's be, at that age, they're kind of becoming more self-aware yeah. of, right, I'm always sitting with the teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to a different room to get some help. They get a bit more self-conscious at that age as well. So if I can give you a Chromebook and you can speak that sentence in, I can still see you know how to structure a sentence because you still need to be able to say, instead of the dog sat on the mat, you know, you can say the fluffy brown dog sat on the mat. And do you know what? That's fine. That's very descriptive, I know. But (laughs) if I can see you can do that, that's the learning intention. We are learning to expand sentences. It's not we are learning to expand sentences and only handwrite it with a pen and paper. Yeah, That's not what I'm focusing on. So if you can do that skill, but verbally and still get everything the way I'm looking for it, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of defending myself before it becomes a question, you know, of what's wrong with just writing it down on the jotter like mm-hmm. we used to do. Yeah, and when you actually think about 21st century skills, the last time I hand wrote something was probably in high school, you know? Yep. Mm, when true. I go to university, everything's typed and things like that. That's ex- yep. Anyway, talking more about BET, our time down south, we spent three days at conference. It was an ed tech conference. It was huge, phenomenal, 
30,000 steps on Thursday. Uh, I thought you were going to say there was 30,000 people there. So it was in the Excel (laughs) Centre in London. We got taken down by the company Bet or Hive who put these events on. And we were just kind of, kind of... Oh, that's the third time, this, right? That's gonna be a nightmare for Mark to edit because you're gonna have no, to just keep it in. No, because I of. need to be accountable. hundred <laughs> percent, I need to be accountable. Um, we went down and we had many takeaways from it. Not like <laughs> <laughs> not Chinese and Indian takeaways. We had. If my PT is listening we, to this, I did not have a takeaway every single night. Okay, we actually ate pretty well. Um, we had many takeaways in terms of what we learned about te- technology and education. Yep. So, for example. We thought we knew quite a lot. We thought we were pretty, and we d- don't get me up, wrong. Yeah. We were clued up. Like when we went down, we knew most of the companies that were down there. We yeah. just maybe were surface level with them. Yeah. And what we learned was number one: there's a lot of money in education. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, of, a lot of money in ed tech. That's for sure. Not in schools, though. <laughs> and yeah, and the gap between schools and these companies is huge. I don't know if you want to speak to that just for a moment of like wow that moment when we walked in I mean it was interesting because when we walked to put it into a bit of context here our flight got cancelled so we were all in a bit of a tizzy like we ended up at a different airport than we were planning on getting to we have not got a sense of direction between the pair of us it was terrible (laughs) it was awful (laughs) who knows where we could have ended up if we had to actually go anywhere other than just one train train line the whole way there but when we walked in everyone had kind of all the other people who were there all the content creators had met up and had a chance to get their bearings we were kind of thrown in at the deep end because we just got there and we met everybody and when we were walking around about maybe what two o'clock after a couple of hours I just kind of looked at you and I was like do you have imposter syndrome right now because the scale of this was was mad insane so most of the companies had you know smart boards with them or just massive screens like the canva screen was huge probably bigger than the kind of the board sitting behind us it was massive and there's people on microphones doing live sessions with chairs out and it was just insane the amount of funding and money in that room from the companies and I know in England it works slightly differently obviously in England schools are kind of run by trusts a lot of the time we, we didn't really know this we were speaking to Mr Hill um Mr H on TikTok if you follow him and he was kind of explaining it to us how it works for him and his school yeah. in Scotland pretty much every single school is run by the council you've got private schools but obviously yeah. they're you have to pay to go to those schools So when we were walking around, we were thinking, you know, all of these things would be great. But there was a Wi-Fi one, for example, it was talking about how they run this incredible Wi-Fi. There was also a laptop. At at Old Trafford, I was like, why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) Like, we we run the Wi-Fi at Old Trafford. I was like, okay, can you give it to us? (laughs) Can (laughs) we get some? For example, we couldn't do that because it's authority ran. We don't have any say in that. But there's also like laptops for teachers, which looked insane and I can't remember the company I can't remember the company but all of these things that were integrated like silly little things like they're splash proof yeah because we all know classrooms can be a bit chaotic yeah and all these things these laptops were doing which were just designed for teachers they looked incredible I had like I was so jealous watching everybody use these I was like this is what I need in my life but again we couldn't just go out and make that decision no whereas in some schools if you're yeah, the purchasing if you're run power, by yeah. a trust, they've got the purchasing yep. power, but we don't have that. It's all centralised in Scotland. Yeah, so it was very different. I think if you were to put something like that on in Scotland, you maybe wouldn't have the same kind of 
I think the same amount of people would go, you would still have the same amount of interest, but be very different for companies because it would be more about education based rather than like as in well, educating also, people how to use it rather than yeah, selling I think it. it would be more re- representatives from local government as well yeah. that would have to turn up um, if you were going to be able to buy anything. Yeah. But w- some of the things that we, well, when we walked in, it, we actually did stop after a couple of hours and say, I've never said this before, but we actually said, I'm actually quite overwhelmed yeah. here. It was <laughs> a bit do like, we think we are? <laughs> this is, you know, there's a lot going on here. There's so many people, there's so many business people like flying about yeah. and we just felt quite small. I think the we first day was a lot of getting it, used to it. Yeah, the first day was a lot of adjusting. Yeah. And one of the things that we took away was the gap between the money in that room compared to schools. And I made a TikTok about this, deleted it because it got like three views. But mm, TikTok does not like when you go to London for three days know, and make videos to Hannah Montana wrecked. songs. Um, <laughs> it might have been that. Well, I mean, I made a video about this because it was on my mind that I just couldn't equate the fact that there was, you know, millions of pounds of sh- technology on show in that uh-huh. room. Easily. Meta, Facebook was there, Meta. Google was there, Microsoft was there, Adobe was there, um, Canva was there, Kahoot was you know, every everybody, t- yeah. Google, Dojo, Google, like everyone. everyone that you could think of was, was there. Apart from Amazon and Apple, didn't really see much from them. There's a wee Amazon thing, but anyway. That was a different conference. Uh, or was it? <laughs> we walked by, it was like a medical one or oh, something. Right, okay. That was on the Friday, I think. I don't know that they're too much in education anyway, so. But it was just like, where's this money? Yeah. It's all in these massive companies and... Yes, they do things for schools. Like, for example, Canva does an amazing free, you know, uh, education account. It's only going to get better as well. So if you're not on the education hype, Canva educator hype, you need to get on it. We speak about this all the time, but like you, if you listen to one thing from today, let it be that. Yeah. (laughs) And I was just like, a lot of the companies do things like though, instead, if you can't buy things, we were speaking to Creative Hut, if you can't buy you know the lego kits or whatever they'll come out to the school and let you use them for the day so there's a lot of giving back to the community i know these companies have to make money that's how they run but it was just a bit like oh my goodness overwhelming yeah there's we're hunting about for a glue stick you know sometimes (laughs) and there's a robot dog walking about at my feet it was just like it was worlds apart from what i'm used to it was and you know it let you see as well all the ways you could enhance practice yeah. with all of these incredible things. I mean, I feel like the ed tech industry is about 20 years ahead of education itself. Yeah, I would agree. You know, when we were in that room, I was looking at all these things. And I'm like I'm flabbergasted at what they were doing. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is what we're going to be com- competing, not competing with, but trying to integrate in 20 years time. Yeah. But in 20 years time, the ed tech industry will be another 20 years ahead. It's like we're Honestly, it was like stepping into some sort of futuristic world being in that room. Because even, like you said, Meta were there. And the things they were doing, I was Mm. still... I thought I knew Meta relatively well, you know. I thought, in my head, kind of got the gist of what they're doing. I had no idea they had such a big part of it, or they were aiming to become a big part of education. Yeah. Didn't know that. And it was all to do with VR headsets and everything. Yes. And everyone was talking about the virtual, you know... Uh, virtual field trips you could go on and all this. Yeah. The big someone said to us the big focus last year was VR, and the big focus this year was AI. Was AI, and yeah. I think I w- we would agree with that. And I think if we went next year, most of the companies, the AI companies that were there, won't be there next year. They might be in, yeah, because we were talking about this about the AI kind of tools that you've got out there. 
some of the AI tools that you have are kind of isolated. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think when AI first came out, I say came out, it wasn't like it just appeared out of nowhere, but ChatGPT sort of started it all. Yeah. ChatGPT now generates images as well, but originally ChatGPT was just text. Text. Yeah. It was conversation. Now you go on to, for example, Lesson Lab AI, who weren't actually at, they weren't at Bets, but Not it's sponsored. one that I, I like to use. And like TeachMate, for example, you go mm-hmm. on to those and there are hundreds of options of things you can do. Like yep. You can chat to a historical figure, you can respond to an email you can write a tweet you can write instagram captions you can write a school website policy document yeah hundreds of things that are all on one website whereas if you go on to chat gpt it just writes you one bit of text and like Mm -hmm. this one chat that you need to go back and get or you get the pro version and it does more (laughs) yeah so all these companies that are integrating all these things that can do everything in one and then you've got like your canva and your microsoft who are starting to Adobe, bring out yeah. their own AI features and integrating them into their programs. Yeah, It's just becoming a part of, I mean, they move so fast. They move so quickly. Yeah. You can't keep up. Yeah. And I think that is the point that we were making that some of these companies had a single AI focus. So I saw one and it was about chatting to historical figures. That's all they were, their AI. And I was like, I've seen that in like three other AIs that do mm. 500 other things. Yeah, And so all these things are going to get integrated and one uh, website that's doing it really well is obviously Canva. They have like five or six AI tools yep. for their design tools, which are great. And the Magic Write, if you're not, oh, if you're a teacher, if you want to go on and use, like kids can use it, they get a free account. The Magic Write is, do you want to talk about how Yeah, it's, how it it's also really easy to set. I'll, shall I, I'll chat about how you actually get this account because I feel like we've posted this before and people didn't Okay. No, you've got thirty so seconds. So everyone, is, everyone in Scotland has a Glow email account, even if you don't use it. Yeah. Sign up with your Glow email account. It registers the at glow.sch as a school account, and you don't need to send any evidence. Yeah. Some people sign in with their like authority account, so at Dundee City, whatever it is, .co.uk. I don't know if that's it. I just made that up. But anyway, then you need to send proof that you're a teacher because mm. that would be like the whole authority would have those emails. Yeah. So sign in with your Glow account. If your email has some sort of school in it, it'll, it'll work. And you can set up your class. So I just press invite by code and the kids can log on to Canva. They can log in through Google or Glow, yep. whatever you use. And they just put the code in and they're in there. You can set assignments, you can set everything. But the magic right is amazing. So you go and you prompt it. It kind of works like ChatGPT. You prompt it whatever you're looking for and it will write you anything that you yep. ask it to basically. So the most recent way I used it, we're working on literal inferential and evaluative questions. And I wanted a Christmas themed short passage yep. that I could print out and I stuck it onto big bits of paper and they wrote some literal inferential and evaluative questions about it. And I just went into, I tried to make it related. To, you're going to hate me because you <laughs> always make fun of me about my kindness self. Okay. <laughs> it was a story that Snowflake, the kindness self, it was about Snowflake, the kindness, the kindness AI. self. She was just trying to, you know, make it relatable, a little yep. snowflake. So I asked AI to write me a story, kind of going with the theme of snowflake, the kindness elf. And <laughs> so cringe. going on a kindness mission. So it wasn't... Oh, a kindness mission. You can tell it doesn't teach the little ones, right? <laughs> so it was this story and I wanted it to be like about the class that I teach because I wanted them to be interested in it rather mm-hmm. than just picking any old story off of a website where you can download resources yep. that I won't name um so you can go on and 
get it made into and you can put your students names in it if you wanted to make it a bit more interesting mm-hmm. or like the class name or your school name or whatever and it wrote this amazing story and the great thing is you can kind of prompt it to change so if it comes back and it's I think my one came back and it was really straightforward words and we were focusing right. on good vocabulary because I wanted their inferential questions to be what do you think the word yeah, yeah, magnificent yeah. means yep. for example um, so I asked it to just change some of the words to be a little bit more interesting a little bit trickier and it came back and it edited those words to make them better and the passage worked again I kept the other version for some learners and then I could differentiate it literally in 30 seconds I didn't need to come up with any ideas that wrote the story it was relatable it was there it included they loved it but the thing about the the magic right is you can then send that to your learners on their Chromebooks if if you did it on chat GPT or something it would be like you've got to copy and paste it into Word document blah 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 but it does it in house so then you can send it to them and they can work on assignments in it and you can put the questions in the one document blah 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 it is amazing and the Canva team were lovely we actually went out with them (laughs) we chatted to them Uh, they invited us out and we met some cool people um, is there one, apart from Canva, is there one thing that, one piece of technology that you thought was like way out there and you thought was cool or one that you maybe thought, well, I could just take that into my class tomorrow? Yeah, I think from one of the, if we're talking like hardware, one thing that I think mm-hmm. was really quite impressive. I, I wish I got what these were called, but we we're over at Creative Hut and we we're speaking to yes. them. Yes, oh, I know what you're talking about, yes. There was a couple things there that uh-huh. I really liked, but one was... I would definitely more for younger ones, but I find yeah, when you've got the coding, the coding devices for younger ones, I'm talking like Spheros, all of that, I find they're quite hard to use for the mm. little ones. And we're speaking about Spheros, and whilst I love Spheros, they just want to go and get the drive and feature and yep. roam them about and like <laughs> bash them into each other. They yeah. don't actually want to code. Whereas this little guy was the cutest, it was a little cube and it was, was it a panda? It looked like a panda. And uh, it came with a pen, so... It was very much, it had blocks of code that looked like jigsaw puzzles. So you would put it down and it would you would tap the pen. So it was very much yeah. allowing younger students to see what coding would look like as an, it's like a jigsaw puzzle that needs to be pieced together. You can't have any gaps, but also allowed them to understand the kind of process of if then statements yeah. and now next statements, all of that that would then be great for them in the future and then also had a bunch of like social emotional tools you that could use amazing. so they had tiles yeah they had yeah. tiles with like facial expressions and the emotions and they would press the pen onto the tile like the jigsaw piece and this little guy would show the emotion that was a bit freaky honestly like i know but it was such a great tool for visualizing uh-huh. everything it, it even cool. for like things like angles and yep. shape yep. you know you can talk about a square has four sides put the puzzles in and they can it doesn't need to be a technology lesson yeah. even though you're using it especially if your students are confident it can be for anything but yeah. there was so much a creative art that was just uh, they had so much that stuff I loved. that was cool I just could have been there for hours playing with all those things yeah I know it was amazing <laughs> I personally loved the robot dog <laughs> I oh, actually felt myself dog. getting I don't know what you would use this for in education but I found myself getting quite <laughs> we attached to this. We didn't know who was controlling it. <laughs> and it was just this robot dog walking about and I was like oh my goodness I'm actually getting emotionally Terrifying. attached to a robot dog um, which was a bit strange. Because you don't even like dogs. I don't even like dogs but I like robot Red dogs. flag. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit strange I'm not gonna lie. Um, we've spoken briefly about well the main the main focus of the conference was AI and so if we're talking about tips for teachers where do you see the future of AI in schools and where can people just dip their toe in right now accessibly? Like if you're a teacher and you've never used AI before, where would be your first step? I think if you're wanting to, it depends how you want to use it, right? If you want to utilize it to cut your 
workload I you were going down. To say cut corners. <laughs> if you want no, to use it to cut, not to corners. cut corners. If you want to use it to utilize your own time, like if you want to cut okay, your own yeah. time down, yeah. or if you want to use it for your students, they're they're two different things. Okay. I would say. I mean, using it to help your students in turn does cut down your kind 100%. of workload. Yeah. Obviously, that example I gave earlier where it wrote out a text. If you're, for example, forever sitting in front of your laptop and on a Sunday night you're thinking of sentence examples and you need 10 sentences or you yeah. need a spelling list. Stick it into an AI. Put it into an AI. Yeah. So we mentioned, mentioned TeachMate and Lesson Lab. Lesson Lab and TeachMate have got free options you can go on and use and obviously there's paid options as well. Mm -hmm. But I would say those paid options are... I yeah, personally we are not sponsored by any no, of those, but we use them. I personally find the paid options worth it because yeah. I use it quite a lot, but that is also because I'm relatively confident that... But for the price of a coffee a month, that's such a salesman uh, yeah. thing to say, and we are not selling it, it's not ours, we are not uh, affiliated at no, all. No, not at all. We and just I couldn't like sell it. anything <laughs> if I tried, so... I know, <laughs> we just but like it. I think if you're wanting to use it for that, give it a go. Mm -hmm. Go and ask it to type out 10 sentences about a fairy tale castle or you know, fronted adverbials, whatever it is you're mm -hmm. looking for. And just generate some examples for you first. Now, obviously with the kind of AI, you have a lot of responsibility to make sure you're actually using it properly. Oh, you're not abusing it. You're not taking it too far and using it for every, like it can't replace you as a job. You can't use it for every single thing yeah. you do and you still need to check it. You know, if I just type, asked AI to type out a story and didn't bother checking it and uploaded it to my slides, I'd be a little bit concerned. You know, yeah. you it's never going to be perfect. You need to go in and double check it, make sure it's fine, make sure it's the correct level for your students, all the things you would do. So if you're wanting to use it for that, give it a go with something small like that. Mm -hmm. And then you can maybe utilize it for projects and getting your students involved. You know, your students can go on and generate an image to go with their story descriptions. Yeah. If you're working on good story descriptions, Canva have the magic image. Um, I can't actually remember what it's called now. That's really frustrating. But, but then... but. But the good thing with that is people think, well, that's a bit weird. But actually, what you can teach through that, and I've talked through this as well, this just as an aside, the the more specific vocabulary you put into the AI, the yeah. more specific your picture or more accurate your picture is yeah. going to be. So what you then teach to your students is, okay, the more specific vocabulary you use in your description here, yeah. the better the image is going to be. But you can't just say the blue house. Exactly. Whereas so you, you can say... then teach description yeah. um, and show why good description actually helps yeah. visualise an like image. the blue house surrounded by pink and purple flowers yeah. and a fairy tale forest with a cobblestone path. Yeah. You're going to get a much better image. Exactly. Well, that was really like off the cuff there. That, that was, was good. Um, yeah, I think um, personally, I think AI, the future of AI is um, in teacher workload, like you've said, redu reduction. And I spoke to Mr. P. Lee Parkinson about this as well when we were down there and he was speaking about he thinks that AI is the way that we claw some time back yep. as teachers Absolutely. so for example how do I write a policy document there's an example one already yeah, there you, don't you just need to, need to use edit it. it yeah you don't need to use it exactly. for your policy but you how, go in and you've got the bones of a policy how do I write a letter to parents about a situation that I've never done before when I'm a young teacher boom there's yep, an example. You're not going to take it word for word. You're going to edit it and put yeah. your own details in. But That's when I'd be wary though of using one that isn't specifically education related. So if you went and asked yeah. ChatGPT to respond, ChatGPT is wrong quite a lot of the time. So especially if you're a new teacher, you yeah. might not know that. So if you're going to do something like that, like a letter or a policy, mm -hmm. I would use one of the teacher specific ones yeah. because that obviously has an algorithm built do, in do you know to what, know what you're talking about. <laughs> do like, you know what I used uh, Lesson Lab for once? It was... 
um, think of PE activity games. Yeah, I mean, there's like an activity games one, and I was like, I don't know what to do yeah. for gymnastics. I'm kind of lost here. And I put it in, and so it gave good. me a full lesson. I was like, There's Thanks. also one on there that's called. Um, it's like tell me about this like I'm five or ten or yeah. and it's so good because let's be real right as primary school teachers you don't always you know I open up the grammar textbook and especially because some of it is very English related uh-huh. like we don't teach it well we teach it but we maybe don't refer Explicitly, to it in the same way yeah. um, as as we do in Scotland and you know sometimes I open that up especially when I was teaching primary seven I'm like <laughs> I, know. Oof, I don't know what that is. So I was teaching you have to go on and that teach, teach me like I'm five. Like yeah. explain this to me like I am a five year old. <laughs> so on, I can explain it. <laughs> see you on a Monday morning when I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need that in my life. But <laughs> yeah. it's got even like maths generating questions, like just so many things that you can yeah. think. See so if you need a, a time filler as well. You know those days when you're caught oh, out and you go, yep. Oh, the lesson is finished. 20 minutes earlier than I thought. Oops. Ask questions, yep. boom, let's do these. <laughs> yeah, so I think definitely teacher workload is, is where the future of it's heading. That seemed to be the, the kind of vibe. Oh, kind of. That's four. The vibe that <laughs> I, also get vibe. Made fu- I also get made fun of for the way I say vibe. Apparently it's vibe. vibe. Apparently it's supposed to be vibe. vibe and I say vibe. What? Anyway, what I wanted to bring to your vibe. attention kind of before, Sorry. I just said it again. <laughs> I just said kind of again. What I wanted to bring to your attention before um, we stop, I did a little bit of research and thought, where's the future of tech heading in Scotland? Um, this is more specific to Scotland, but I'm quite positive that English policy documents are similar in age. Yep. In the last year or two, artificial intelligence has made its way up to the top. Mm-hmm. VR has made its way up to the top. All these different big conversations about um, the efficacy of them, the reliability of them, all this stuff, right? And I thought... How up to date is our policy documents in Scotland? Interesting. 2016 was the latest one I could find. It was the Scottish Government Digital Learning and Teaching written in 2016. Now we're talking eight years ago now. Yeah. And in that eight years we've had pandemic and and all that stuff. Technology's really come to the fore. I would imagine they're updating it. I wouldn't want to say that, but I would imagine they've got to be updating it because eight years old is like... We felt like we were behind being at that conference. We felt that we were living in basically a Victorian era. And we we said we feel like we're quite clued up, but standing there I'm going... I, I don't have a Ferrari game in my classroom. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I so, mean, that would be fun if anybody wants to donate that. 100%. I will take the Ferrari game. So here's, I want I'm going to read it to you a little bit from this document. And there was four key aims. And I want to see okay. what your views are. And if you're listening along as well, I want to see what your views are on whether we're meeting those aims or not. Okay. Or whether you feel like in your classroom meeting those aims, maybe make it a bit more personal. So it says, we published a digital learning and teaching strategy in 2016, which aims to create the conditions to allow all of Scotland's educators, learners and parents to take advantage of the opportunities offered by digital technology. This is a long sentence. Mm -hmm. In order to raise attainment, ambition and opportunities for all. That's like a catch-all statement. Yep. Fair enough. The strategy sets out a series of national actions and local expectations structured around four objectives. So mm-hmm. here's the four objectives I want you to think. Mm, am I meeting those four objectives or is there anything I could do? Nothing, I think we're meeting a couple of them. But nothing I don't like put, putting you on the spot. I know. I don't want to put, I don't want to like put anything. I think we are doing quite well with a couple of them, but I don't want to like put anything into your mind. Number one, <laughs> develop the skills and confidence of teachers. This is from 2016, mind you. Mm-hmm. Develop the skills and confidence of teachers. Number two, we can quickly go down them. Number two, improve access to digital technology for all 
learners, number three. Ensure that digital technology is a central consideration in all areas of curriculum and assessment delivery. And number four, empower leaders of change to drive innovation and investment in digital technology for learning and teaching. Number one, develop the skills and confidence of teachers. Do you feel like we're... I mean, I feel like I'm confident in it, but I also... <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> that's not what I meant, okay? <laughs> However, a lot of the things I've learned have been off my own back. Mm, interesting. Is something I will say. So a lot of the things I learned are because I've always been quite interested in you. Know, I'm a YouTube kid, right? Yeah. I'm a YouTube... She's, She's the generation of the YouTube yeah. kid. I wasn't an iPad kid, but like I was an MSN kid, right? Yeah. She knows her way around a, a Microsoft Word document. What I would say to that is, if you go on our councils, there are always technology-based courses. We just there never are, go on there them. There are, but then also I feel like that sounds really big-headed to be like, I don't need to go to them. But no, a lot I of them feel are like I've got basic. quite a good yeah, confidence yeah, yeah. level. Okay. But also you need to then encourage, I think sometimes when you have these technology, you know, we spoke earlier about how when we were at school, we had one projector, Yeah. right? There's people who are teaching who taught then and teach now. That mm. is a world of a difference. Yeah, totally. So throwing a technology course at somebody that is really, uh, you know, to some advanced mm -hmm. isn't what we need. We need step by step, here's what we're looking for and here's how you do those things rather than we're going from having smart boards installed to now you need to use AI. Like mm -hmm. that is a world of a difference. So yep. you need to support people at the, like you would support your learners at the level that yeah, they need. Yeah, that's a good point. I think we're developing the skills and confidence of teachers I do think it's fairly definitely well. Changing. I don't know if the government are doing that or whether it is off the teachers going back. I'm not sure. Oh, Secondly, one. improve access to digital technology for all learners. I think yes and no. But then... You have to also look at that as some authorities have one-to-one -one devices. If mm. you're improving that for all, every authority needs one-to-one -one devices that are updated regularly yeah. enough. You know, it's getting to the point now where devices can't be updated anymore because mm. they're older, yeah. but they're not replenished. They're not they're not refurbed. They're yeah. not taken in. And, you know, we think about our phones. Like, I get... <laughs> I know, every two years. Every, like, three, four years, I'm like, oh, she needs the next, the next yeah. generation because this one's running slow. Yeah. You know, it's something that you need to fund yeah, the for everybody. Then. Yeah, you need to. To be fair, the shelf life is improving, but if you think about the early generation iPads compared to the iPads oh, you've got yeah. now, they are. I wouldn't say there's a huge difference between the kind of later generation iPads, let's say four years ago, five years ago, and now. Yeah, they're no, they're not right. a huge difference, you know, yeah. laptops, things like that. But if you think about a Dell laptop, Adele. Don't think about Adele. I mean, do you know what? If you've had that kind of day and you want to think about Adele, <laughs> crack on. But not me. If you think about Adele laptop, <laughs> <Give all> vibes. <laughs> Adele laptop from 15 years ago, 10 years ago, yeah. and one from two years ago, they are not uh, doing no. the same thing. No. These devices can't cope with the updates you're putting on them. Mm. So just updating the iPads or the laptops, all this, they cannot cope with that software. Yeah. You cannot take 10-year-old hardware and put on one-week-old software. It's going to yeah. combust. Like one day I think I'm going to come in and my laptop is actually going to burst into flames yeah. because it's like, please do not update me again. Yeah. I, I can't cope with this. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm, I'm running Windows 6. Like yeah. I don't need this. You I know? know, I know. I do think though, compared to when we were at school, obviously, but, but we're comparing it to 2016, so... I would say 
with the introduction of Chromebooks and things, there definitely is more access. We yeah. have maybe one to two or one to three. I mean, we were kind of forced into that with COVID, weren't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I suppose. Okay, number three, ensure that digital technology is a central consideration in all areas of curriculum and assessment delivery. I would say, yeah, probably. Yeah, again, right I would that. say that as the go-to one that everyone uses the technology for is always BGE, you know, go on and research. But I would say, you know, we listen to stories online we, we use write it for, using it yeah, yeah we use it for writing we use it for maths like yeah. you can use it for putting out digital grids use it for coding like i would say yeah, i would say we've got a much better... but again that's our specific yeah situation true. so perhaps not everywhere yeah which comes back yeah. to the first point that you need to support teachers at the level they're at rather than yeah forcing them into feeling like they don't know anything empower leaders of change don't know who that is, but anyway, empower leaders of change. What is that management? Um, leaders of change. That's so vague. Leaders of change sounds more like government. Do you think level? But also, they're the ones writing it. So, do they mean themselves? Like, <laughs> empower I, us. <laughs> I don't know. Empower I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know about that. So empower leaders about, of change to drive innovation and investment in digital technology for learning and teaching. I don't know that people are empowered well, to do that. Budget cuts have I kind mean, of. What are we supposed to invest? <laughs> I don't have anything to invest. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Because what are we to invest? Like schools don't have, we don't have the funds to invest, you know? Or the authority to invest. Like Maybe in- it is council. Invest <laughs> my socks. Like I don't know what you want me to do. I don't, Yuck. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting isn't it? just to kind of go over kind of uh, number six. Uh. Just to go over those points and think hmm we bit of reflection there how are we actually doing and do those points need updated in 2024 i don't know maybe they need updated for new technologies and things i also think though is what you're going to need to update your policies constantly to do with online obviously and technology has got its dangers as well mm. and you need to be up dating that like i think for example that like youtube youtube is blocked in so many schools that yep. you can't get the kids can't get on youtube YouTube has got safety features you can turn on. I'm aware there's stuff out there that people shouldn't be watching. But yep. I think you need to move. If you're going to put all those expectations on, you need to also move with that. So with the right to technology comes the responsibility to use it wisely. So does mm. your school have in place a good acceptable use policy? Is your digital policy up to date to talk about the dangers of AI? Because I think sometimes when you post or you, you do an ed tech episode or you post about something like this yep. online, you always get well, you know, this is really dangerous, the students shouldn't be using this. And, you know, you even see it with social media. It's hard to keep up with everything that's on social mm-hmm. media, but there's so much information out here. You know, Scot- Scottish government has the national aims for internet safety and cyber resilience yep. that go through, I mean, it's a huge document, but it's Ooh, worth reading. She just reading. rolled that right off the tongue, wow. This is because I was doing that last <laughs> yeah, week. I was going to say. But there's so much out there to support all of these things. Uh-huh that we can't just shut something off because there's bad things about it. You have to actually be willing yeah. to say, right, okay, of course there's dangers in AI, there's dangers in online gaming, but we would still promote games-based learning. Yeah. So you can't just shut down all AI and say, no teachers, no students, nobody's using it. That's yeah. it. And I think what you realise when we go to conferences like the one that we went to down south, um, the world's moving that way. Yeah. So it's not that we need to just get carried along with... No the current but also you need to realize that that is the way that the world's moving and you yep. want to you want to create people that are ready for 21st century life you're going to have to Our job put them in front of the technology that is out there is literally to create learners who have the skills for yep. learning and work, and work and life yeah so we need to do that 
by looking at what we've got in front of us right now mm. because that's the stepping stones to what's going to be in front of them yeah. in 10 years time exactly well thanks for your input on all that on that, that was inspirational great. note thanks and we're kind of going to be back next week <laughs> that was a sim um, what? I just wanted to say kind of again Thanks for listening to another episode of Inside Voices. Come back next week where we're going to be talking about ourselves. And remember, in here we use our Inside Voices.